Welcome to the Porn Free, Shame Free podcast, produced by Caleb Micah Ministries. We hope God uses this resource to help you pursue freedom found only in Jesus. Well, hey, welcome to the Porn Free, Shame Free podcast. Again, I'm Josh Proctor. I want to continue to walk you through what does it look like to walk in freedom from pornography, freedom from shame that comes from that, freedom from sexual sin. What does it mean to have freedom in Jesus? Uh, If you've been following the podcast recently, we've been looking at as we're diving into walking in freedom from pornography, freedom from shame, freedom from things like sexual sin, what we've looked at is this idea of what's going on inside our heart. And there's an acronym that we use in our organization called BLAST, B-L-A-S-T, B for boredom, L for lonely, A for angry or afraid, um, S for sad, stress, shame, tired, excuse me, S for sad, stress, or shame, and then T for tired. And so today, on this particular podcast, we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at the idea of L, loneliness, and one of the A's, um, not anger this week, but the idea of feeling afraid. Did you know that one of the reasons that we'll turn to things like pornography or sexual sin is because we feel all this thing inside of us um, called loneliness? See, really, when I'm running to things like pornography or other aspects of sexual immorality, sexual sin, what it really tells you is what's going on inside my heart is there's an issue with intimacy. And this intimacy thing is a really, really, really or lack of intimacy is a really, really, really big deal. And so one of the things that leads a person to say, I need to deal with the lack of intimacy in my life because I feel so lonely, is we run to false intimacy, pseudo-intimacy, like pornography. But really, pornography only leads you to more loneliness and more shame. Sexual sin, sexual morality, like pornography, does not meet that aloneness need, does not help me not feel lonely. In fact, it just leaves me more lonely and more empty and more feeling a void inside my heart. If you look at, as we've talked about often on this podcast, that we look at the truth of God's Word, the Bible, Um, We talk about the Old Testament, the New Testament. I have no idea. Maybe you followed us from start to finish on these podcasts. Maybe you're just jumping in. Just want to remind that the Bible, we believe, is God's inspired word to teach us how to live life. It's divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The entire purpose of the Bible is to draw us to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to have relationship with Him and then with Him in our life to learn what it means to live that out. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, Genesis, the first book in the Bible, in the Old Testament part of the Bible, Genesis 2, verse 18, it says it's not good for man to be alone. Now, in that context, God's actually talking about marriage and how he wants to provide, you know, wife for husband, husband for wife, etc. Sometimes he wants people to be called to singleness for life, um, but The thing that's very interesting is regardless of that, it's not good to be alone. Now think about this. You have perfect God at the creation of the world. 
In the first five days of creation, he creates, you know, light from darkness. And he creates and, you know, puts the land to separate it you know, from the seas. And he puts the, the, the sky to separate from the sea. And he puts the um, vegetation and the trees and the um, flowers, etc. And then he puts sun, moon, and stars in the sky. And then he puts birds in the air and, and fish and sea creatures in the sea. And then he creates animals on that sixth day. But at the end of that sixth day, it talks about how he creates man, Adam. And eventually he created Eve. But you have perfect God, perfect world, in this perfect garden with this perfect man. And God said something is not good. And what's not good is a lonely, aloneness. So this idea of feeling lonely is not good. So if I'm feeling that, it's okay to express that and say, God, on the inside of my heart, what I'm feeling is deep loneliness. And that's why porn's so appealing. That's why sexual sin's so appealing. Because in that moment, I'm not lonely anymore. But then it's over and the loneliness is just more heavy. The loneliest I ever felt in my life is when our fifth child was born stillborn. Um, we have a lot of children in our house. Back in 2010, my wife was pregnant with our fifth child. She, she was full-term pregnant. And for no known reason, medically, and the only one who knows is God as to what happened, but Caleb died. And when Caleb died, it was awful. There was no cord wrapped around his neck. There was no medical explanation. It's just somehow he lost his oxygen supply. And there's some theories they gave us, but there's no known, here's what happened. And it was devastating to Kelly and I to hold a lifeless infant, to have to have a funeral for an infant. And I remember feeling overwhelmed with loneliness. And I remember at that point in my life really wanting to run to pornography. And I remember one of the A's, which we'll talk about um, the next podcast, anger. I felt a lot of anger. My wife noticed that. She said, hey, why don't you go work in the yard? I'm weird. I like working in the yard. You know what I'm saying? That's just, you know, some of y'all are like, dude, that's crazy. I know, but that's, that's me. That's who I am. It's what I do. Um, so I went outside to work in the yard, and I went, I started just trimming shrubs, trying to make them neat, orderly, etc. But what went from trimming shrubs quickly became Edward Scissor's hands on those shrubs. And my wife came outside, and the shrubs are basically gone. And she's like, what are you doing? Um, my neighbor came over and, and saw that I was taking the shrubs down at this point now, and so he let me borrow his sawzall, and so I take a sawzall. That's the best thing to do, is give an angry man a power tool. And so, um, but I'm now working on this for several hours. I have to go to work the next day. The next thing I know is it's 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm outside in my front yard with a shovel, and I'm digging stumps out of the ground from these shrubs that were huge. And I get to the last stump, and I'm digging it out. And I'm digging it out, and I can't get the roots out. So I, I get my little hand trowel, and I, I crawl down, and I'm, I'm pe peeling at the root. And what I figured out is the root had wrapped around my sprinkler pipe. And so if I hit too hard on the shovel, it's going to crack the pipe. Water's going to go everywhere make a big old mess. And so what I had to do is by hand unwind that. And what, when that happened, my heart started to calm down. I'm also really tired because I've been out there a long time. 
And I just started crying out to God. I told him how lonely I was. I told him how sad I was. And I asked him where he was. And I'd love to tell you that, you know, there was something written on the sky or, you know, that that he physically manifested himself in front of me. That did not happen. But I will tell you this. When I cried out to God from my deepest place of pain and loneliness, I had a sense that he was there. Because he was. Matthew chapter 26, right before Jesus Christ, Matthew, New Testament, Matthew 26, verses 36 to 46, right before Jesus Christ dies, he is going to die and go to the cross. He goes and prays in the garden. He asks his closest friends to pray with him, and they fall asleep. In that deep loneliness, Jesus is crying out to God, begging to not have to go to the cross because he doesn't want to feel the loneliness from being separated from God the Father and feel the weight of sin and then have God's wrath poured out. It wasn't that he was afraid of death. I think he didn't want separation from the Father. So he's begging to not have that while he's experiencing loneliness while all his friends are asleep when he asks them to pray. God reminded me that night that he knew what it was to be lonely. There's a psalm, a book called Psalms, which is a, just a series of poems and songs. It's in the Old Testament in your Bible. I had a friend recommend Psalm 88 to me. He told me it was one of the loneliest psalms in the Bible. And it is, guys. It's lonely and it's sad and there's not a lot of resolution. And what I did is I took that psalm and I wrote my own psalm to God about how lonely I was. And all I can tell you as I cried out to God in my loneliness, what I felt was that he was with me. Now, maybe you're watching this and you're like, I've done that and I haven't experienced that. Guess what? It's possible that you don't know Jesus. Maybe the first thing that you need to do is recognize that there's sin in your life, like pornography, other aspects of sexual sin, other kinds of sin, all sin, everything we've done that's wrong. Excuse me, and say, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. I need to be made right with God the Father. I need to be forgiven for you to actually feel less alone, for that loneliness need to be met. You need to have that relationship with Jesus. I would encourage you right now as you're watching this, drop to your knees if you don't know the Lord and say, God, I believe Jesus, that you died. I believe that you rose again. I believe that forgiveness comes through your death and your resurrection. And I'm confessing my sin to you. I can't do life on my own. Jesus, come take control of my life. Be Lord. And invite him to be with you in your loneliness. Maybe you're a believer, you know Jesus, you're watching this, and you feel lonely, and you cry out to the Lord, and you hear nothing. It could be because of some anger that's unresolved, and because of that unresolved anger that's led to bitterness, you can't hear God's voice speak. We'll talk about that in the next podcast. But what I am begging and pleading with you to do is in the midst of your loneliness, cry out to God. Write a Psalm 88 to God. Maybe you gotta have to have an experience where you go kill your own shrubs. Whatever it is for the Lord to meet you in your loneliness. If God could provide a spouse, a friend, that you can then share that loneliness with, I would more than encourage you to do that. Some people have that, some do not. But I am encouraging you, encouraging you, encouraging you, encouraging you 
to let Jesus meet you in the midst of your loneliness. And if possible, let God's people meet you in that loneliness too. The other thing about um, that guys run to pornography is, is, is also in this idea of just feeling afraid. So a lot of times, like when we, we're out of control and we feel afraid, so, you know, we want to control something, so, so sexual sin is a way to do that. So I'm afraid of this, so I can escape from that into this. I can't control that, but I can control this. If I do this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel better. I'm going to feel love. I'm going to feel close. I'm going to feel intimacy. Nope, again, false intimacy, pseudo-intimacy. The only thing that deals with me feeling afraid, that deals with my fear, 1 John chapter 4, in the Bible, New Testament of your Bible, towards the very end of your New Testament, a book called 1 John. Or if you look at it, it looks like 1 John, the number 1 and then the book John. In chapter 4, verse 18, it says this. It says, God's perfect love casts out fear. A lot of times when we go to people and say, well, you shouldn't feel afraid. You don't have any faith. Don't be afraid. Have more faith. And you know what? There's some truth to that. But sometimes that's not what they need. It's not what I need. Sometimes what I need is to be reminded that God perfectly loves me and wants to meet me in the midst of my fear. I'm afraid. I need him to love on me. You say, what does that look like? Guys, there's lots of different ways that I, I ask God to love on me. One of them is just to remind me that he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. What a way for me to be reminded that I'm loved. One way is just to think about all the different ways that God has forgiven me. Oh my gosh, what a way to be reminded that I'm loved. Sometimes I look at the different things that he's provided. And if you're watching this and you live in the United States of America, you live better than 92% of the rest of the world. And you may not have what your neighbor has down the street, but there's a lot that has been given to you. And I would say that that's come from God. And so gratitude and saying, God, thank you for this is a way to be reminded of the love that God has for me. Let me tell you what really helps me. May help you, may not. I gave you just a few suggestions that I know help some of the guys that I help on their road to freedom from pornography and shame. One of the things that helps me is to sing songs that remind me of God's love. Oh my gosh, that does so much for me. So here's what I'm going to do today. And I know this sounds weird, but if you're watching a you know, podcast on pornography, I can't talk, sorry, freedom from pornography, freedom from shame, and you're always like, man, this guy's probably weird anyway. But what I'm going to try to do to end the podcast today is to sing God's love over you. And it just so happens to be one of the songs that we sang at my son's memorial service when we lost our infant, Caleb, in 2010. And I won't sing the whole song, I'm just going to sing this, this little part. And it goes like this. And as I sing this, my hope is that you hear God almost singing over you, not because I'm singing it, because like... God's spirit just begins to speak over you of his love for you. And that that love would draw you to him. And if you're feeling afraid, that perfect love would cast out that fear. And you wouldn't run to things like pornography or sexual sin, but you'd run to him. It goes something like this. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane. I am a tree 
bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory, and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how He loves us so. Oh, how He loves us. How He loves us so. Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that in the midst of our loneliness we'd run to you and we'd know you're there. God, in Jesus' name, in the midst of our fear, God, would you overwhelm us with your love? Would somebody watching this just be like, and that David Crowder song, Josh just saying, it reminds me of the amazing love of God. God, would they hear that? And as I say to you, oh, how you love us. Nobody loves like you. Nobody forgives like you. Nobody meets us in our mess like you. God, I should be a guy with my issues with pornography, sexual sin. I should have lost my wife, should have lost my family, should have lost my job. And God, you and your grace saved me, restored me, forgave me, and even gave me a platform to speak out against what almost destroyed me. What an amazing love. God, would you remind those who are watching this, listening to this today, as you write, in your word through the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 3, how deep, how wide, how high, how long is the love of Christ? Jesus, we can't measure it, and we thank you for that. Amen. Go let Jesus love on you.